All right, we are on. Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have the Triple C, Henry Cejudo on. Um, I don't really need to give an introduction to him. I mean, this this is a man who's done it all. He's a two-division uh, UFC champion, and he's going for a third, apparently. And and he's also uh, possibly taking a boxing match against the phenom Ryan Garcia. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, I know he doesn't have a lot of time, and so I want to get started. So let's just get going. Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me, brother. I appreciate it, man. I saw you, uh, you know, I grew up watching you scrap, and, uh, you know, I'm honored to be on your podcast today. So thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. You're making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a pioneer. Remember, I, I didn't start fighting until 2014. I believe we're still in the UFC around the same time, but you're still closing uh, out. Closing out because you're back. You're in there back in 06, 08. 04. From the, the times that I remember. Yeah. 04, yeah. 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 Ultimate Fighter. I'm Season sorry. One, yep. Yeah. So I was still competing. I was still wrestling at that time. Yeah. Thinking about you being like 33 and re- like, I mean, obviously, we'll get into it in a second here. I, mean, I don't believe you're fully retired yet, but even with retirement talk and all the championships that you've accumulated. That's crazy, making me feel old. <laughs> you're so much younger than me, and you're already like so many belts, and 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 like could retire, you know, whether you're doing it or not. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, Mike. It's uh, and it's it's hard to believe because I am a clown and I am a troll and I am a little bit of all that. Right. But at the same time, you know what I have that a lot of people want to have as a fighter. What's that? Is satisfaction. It's good, man. It's satisfaction. I'm, I'm full. I don't have a chip on my shoulder. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so satisfied with my career, Mike. That, uh, that even, like, let's say, even if I don't ever fight again, like, I, I will truly be happy. Yeah. I will truly, truly be happy to, uh, to call it quits, and to allow these, you know, to allow everybody else, kind of, you know. I just let everybody else kill themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've done it. And if I do end up coming back, it'll be it'll be for something big, man. You know, an Olympic gold medal. I defended two of my both my UFC belts. Like that's that's one thing. I know I'm kind of redundant. I'm a broken record, but that's never no, been done, man. And that's I, legit. I take pride in that. You know? Do you do you feel like kind of like it's a it's a bonus now? Like like there we go. Do you feel like it's kind of like a bonus <laughs> because you have accomplished so much that it's like you're content and happy, which is where a lot of people wish they could be, and you're just having fun now, and like you don't have to prove anything, but yet you know you still can at 33 years old with all those belts. Like like is that a good feeling to have? Forget the medal. What is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, it's just a replica of my gold medal. Oh no! Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. Yeah, for the Olympics. Yeah, nice. No, but it's um, but but you're right, Mike. And I was slow, and I'm slowly like I was slowly just peaking, and I started understanding like MMA science, mind mind body science is what I call it. Like understanding right. like these these three components and how you structure a world championship camp. You know what I'm saying? Because I've experienced that. There's one thing that I have ahead of anybody and everybody probably in the UFC is competition mm. i've competed so much more than anybody else and i've been able to take a lot of the experiences that i have and been able to okay learn from the losses learn from the wins okay now develop my style according to my biomechanics and then find the right engineers to help me beat my opponent that's gonna fight a certain way yeah and I feel like I've calculated this certain uh, this certain way of doing things, man. Because if you're to see my camp, you'd be like, man, my camp is like it, it's like a boxer, it's like a wrestler, where it's completely focused in on you. And I felt like that was the biggest difference when I started pretty much taking off, and uh, you know, just went from de- went from being a decision maker like Alexander Volkanovsky to uh, to stopping people, man. To say, hey, man, you're not going past three rounds. Yeah, I, I don't need five rounds. You're, you're a three round fighter. I'm gonna stop you and. I think it's a common. It was a combination of the mind, uh, two of of, of 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 being better at, at at smelling demeanor and when to finish and things of that matter. So, like I said, man, I'm I'm, I'm 33 years old. Uh, I'm at my prime. I'm at my peak. But at the same time, I'm satisfied. And obviously, if the numbers were to add up, if there was something that ver- that was very enticing to me, the the fight that really comes to mind for me is is the Volkanovski fight. 
He's yeah. short. He's he's five six. I'm five four. Yeah. I think I think that fight is very doable and it's very winnable for me. I, I would never take a fight that I that I don't think I could win. And I believe that even at 145 pounds with uh, with the experience, with the wrestling background, with the speed I have, that I'd be able to make some damage there and win a third belt. Ultimately, that's 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 how I feel, Mike. Call me crazy, man, but that's that's just how I feel and that's how I think. I mean, of course, you you would win that belt, um, and then that would be a huge reward and, and something that's never never been done, right? I don't, I don't think anybody's ever had three belts in three weight classes in the UFC, correct? No, no, and I think that I think if you were to win a third belt in the UFC, that'll just submit you as the goat. Yeah, so that would that would be obviously you'd get you'd get that if you get that win. Um, but how big would the win be considering who he is? Can you know he, he's 145 pounds. Two wins over Holloway, you know Aldo Mendez. I mean, he—he's a. I mean, I don't know how many fights in a row he's won. I mean, it's—it's a—it's a tough, tough task too. It's not like he's a, a layover opponent. Um, it's a big—it's a big fight, and I think that would be a big draw. And I think that, uh, like you said, that would definitely be worth coming back for you and for us to watch. Yeah, but like I said, Mike, like it, what makes what makes me good, what makes me great, is is the game planning. It's a tactical work. It's those minor little details that. My camp would be completely different for this man. Right, of course. You know what I'm saying? My camp, we, we would break this beat on. And I'm I'm a, I'm I'm the type of guy that I will stick to the game plan. Like I will literally stick to the game plan. If it's not working, obviously adjust. But for the most part, man, I feel like if everybody, if you're able to just sit down and think, how can we make this fight? If my A side is greater than his, then I can fight my A side. But if his A side is greater than mine, then I'm gonna have to somehow make a fight his B side. You see what I'm saying? So even if I was, let's say, let's say even if I was to fight a guy like Holloway, that would be that would be a tougher matchup for me because of his height or whatnot. Right. But if you really go on and think, how did Volkanovski beat him? You're like, damn man, the blue the blueprint is there. What I'm saying is, everybody's beatable. You just have to find the right minds and the right game plans and tactics and and, and all that in order to beat this dude. It's it's the art of war. You know right. what I'm saying? So. Even though I, even though even in that fight, I mean, I think I'd be a slight underdog against Vol- Volkanovski. I really do believe that I would. I really do believe that I would stop him. Like I truly do believe that he wouldn't make it past three rounds with me. Just from pure, just from just from pure tactics, precision and speed. I think those would be my. Uh, I think those would be my greatest strengths against somebody like that because he is bigger and he is dangerous. Well, I think considering your accolades, you can obviously uh, there shouldn't be a problem with you coming in. And, and jumping ahead, considering it is a different division, uh, and, and it's ongoing, and you're kind of on the outside right now. What what is holding this fight up? I mean, if you do want to fight him, and he wants to fight you, what, what are we looking at as far as what's what's holding this match up from actually happening? Like, what what, what needs to happen to make this work? I'm not I'm not gonna say who told me, but uh, uh, I'm not gonna mention name. But Dana White and Hunter Campbell, they know that I will beat. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, but the reason why they don't want to give me the fight because they're afraid that I'm gonna reti- that I'm gonna retire again. You know what I'm saying? So now it's almost like, hey man, Triple C. I had mentioned to Dana White, I'm like Dana. I've had meetings with them. I'm like Dana, you know, if I'm not, you know, I'm I'm gonna retire, man. I'm I'm satisfied with my career. I've always told them, and it's almost like so when I did it on the mic, he was like, well, Henry did talk to me about it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm actually I'm literally I'm putting where my money is. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm not just you know doing it through through punch and fist, but I'm like, hey, you know what I'm saying? If, if the if, if the cringe ain't that cool, then maybe the cringe has to be out. <laughs> but how is how can that not be a win-win? You know, like how can that not be a win-win? If you did come in and you beat him, and and you became you you would have done something that no one's ever done before. He he can't even at his stage be a triple champ in the UFC. So you you can actually do something that's never been done before. If that happens, why can't the UFC be content with the fact of just saying and showing and, and having you do that? And then if you retire, then they just fight off, you know, again and, and get the, the, the championship back and whoever him or whoever else and and it goes on. Like it doesn't seem like it's it should be that big of a problem. Yeah, but it, it, I, I can also get their side too because then it's gonna feel, they're gonna feel uh, diluted a little bit. You know what I'm saying? We, we can learn from the Saint Pierre. From this, you know, Saint Pierre did it. Saint Pierre came back. He fought Bisbee. He cherry picked. Saint mm. Pierre's smart. He wouldn't find no other middleweight. He knew that. He knew that with all due respect to uh, to Bisbee, he knew that he was very beatable. He wouldn't do that against Israel Adesanya. He wouldn't do that against yeah. uh, Kamara Usman. He he cherry picked. So then the UFC side like, damn, this dude got us again. So 
now and it's up to me where they know that I could be where I'm not a St. Pierre, where they know that I could le- legitimately be the best, that I could legit- legitimately beat Volkanovski. It just dilutes kind of some of the storyline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I, I can get their side too. But Dana White has also told me, he's like, you know, if I could ever allow – if I could ever allow a guy to make history, like I, I will never not that's, allow a guy to make that's history. That's what I was thinking. Again, yeah, I'm, 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 in, I'm in a different position. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I understand probably why. You know, the reason why Dana's poor. Like, he's gonna do that. So, I mean, you have to obviously make money, and 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 you're content with what you've done, in the ways you've done it. But what what else is there? Like, like for instance, the the Ryan Garcia thing. Is there is there something else? that you can do that you're looking at aside from maybe Alexander? Like, I mean, is there something else in, in, in the, in the vicinity of, of, of fighting like a, a Ryan Garcia? It has to be a special rules match. I would assume. I mean, Oh, it is, it is. And, and this would be because Ryan Garcia has talked about, uh, has talked about, uh, fighting, uh, in MMA, but you know, it's all yeah. smoking. You would never do that. No way. But I did come up with these unified rules that we that, that we're coming up with and it's called bma boxing martial arts uh-huh. and what it is it's it's boxing it's 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 going to be boxing with but the 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 uh the thumb is going to be the vitor balfour came up with this uh-huh. so right now it's actually in the works of actually flourishing actually coming together but uh with with rob hickman vitor balfour rob hickman's uh mike tyson's manager so okay. it's going to be the next big thing man and I'm gonna be a part of it too. So what they're trying, what what they what they want to come up with is they want to come up with, with uh, with with the boxing glove. And they already have the gloves too, with a glove we were a- actually able to grab with the thumbs. Okay. So we'd be boxing, but we're able to grab fist. We're able to clinch. It's like we're a able clinch to boxing. Grab neck, literally. So it's gonna it's gonna be dirty boxing, man. So we're gonna do exactly what you do. We're just gonna add a few holes. It's gonna be from the waist on up. So if if Ryan Garcia really wants to do it, I think the BMA is actually giving us like a uh, even playing field for both parts. All right, man, let's see who really is the best striker. You may have the best hands, but can you control and fight? Can you control when somebody's actually grabbing you? Gotcha. Personally, I don't think Ryan Garcia. Personally, I don't think he'd make it past five rounds with me. So you can actually so it's like clinch fighting. Like you can actually grab him, dirty box, and and and, and do stuff like that, but all with the hands. Yeah. So these would be ten. These would be ten ounce gloves, and these would be these are dynamic. These gloves are dynamic, where you're able to actually grab wrist, right. grab collar, where you're able to. It's not going to be like a fluff here. Right, it's right, gonna, right. It's going to be. It's cool, man. Once you see it, like Tyson, Tyson, everybody, they're all, everybody's on it right now. Like we're all, we're extremely happy to, uh, to, to you know, to launch this forward. So if Ryan Garcia wants a piece of the hands, and if he wants a piece of the man, why don't we, what do we make it even plain food? We box with clinch. We box. Well, we can grab wrist. We box, or we can grab the neck. That's a very in- interesting way of uh, of kind of like making that work. I mean, like you're looking at guys like Stipe. Stipe is, is even talking about wanting to box. I mean, there's a lot of boxers, big name boxers that kind of want to take on MMA fighters, and there's a lot of MMA fighters that kind of want to take on boxers. And I think what you're what you're talking about kind of is 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 a way of letting that happen in a in a sort of fair way, where where you know it's a little bit more you know, fair than just going into boxing when you got to sit there and box, you know, without doing anything else, which is playing their game and they have to play your game a little bit as well. I think it's a, a good median. It seems like from what you're saying, it is, and there's it is. matches it, to be made. A, it's an even playing field for all parties, man. Like it's endless. You can have hockey players, you can have hockey players and football players find each other. You can have these certain people <laughs> that, are, that love the game of competition that have, have always wanted to fight. We get them sanctioned. We teach them a few things. We make it. We we don't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna put people that are that are you know that have no experience in this damn game. If you want to compete, let let's find somebody that wants to compete with you. Let's change the pay per view drive too. On top of that. Yeah. It, it, you know what's weird is I actually found out uh, about Ryan Garcia a while back through you. Shockingly, it's 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 amazing to me that guy's so young. I think he's like 22 years old or something. And he's fought maybe what something like twenty times. He hasn't had those big, huge fights. He's not like a Canelo or nothing like that. It's amazing how famous these guys can get, on and and what platforms are making them so famous, so young without those big fights. Like how, how did how did someone like that get so famous so so fast and so young? And and and, like, and I think I heard you say he hasn't fought big guys. How, how does that happen then? He's he's you know he's a good he's a good boxer, but he also he has a padded record. 
You know, he hasn't fought the elite guys. He's gonna fight Campbell here pretty soon, but he's a he's got a personality. He's a good looking kid, and he can box. Mm. And even though he does have a padded record, I will say he's gonna fight an Olympic champion in boxing here. I do believe Ryan Garcia is gonna beat him. Yeah, you know he's good I for really sure. Do, I really do believe so because and, and that says a lot of that says I've seen him box, man. The dude, the dude could fight. The dude could box, but you know what I'm saying? I, he he's got obviously the 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 Canelo batter behind him, and also the the Oscar de la Hoya. So, but yeah. you know he's a good looking kid with charisma, man. And when you have that, you can be you can be the worst fight. You can be the most boring fighter like Floyd. But if you're able to sell to the masses and able to speak to them and have them watch you because they hate you, then you're doing something right. Yeah, I wasn't hating on him. I just like like because of you, I I heard about him, and then I, he he just came out of nowhere. And then obviously, I saw some of his fights, and he's good. And but looking at the platform, like Golden Boy doesn't have a big following, so I just couldn't figure out the platform that made him have such a big following. Like the UFC has a big following, so they they can promote someone like they did with Masvidal versus Usman and turn him into a superstar in a matter of days, you know, or or, or in a matter of a short amount of time, and all you guys. Um, but just it just confused me with someone like that of, of what platform was actually doing it. But com- uh, coming back to MMA, speaking of uh, guys that, that are getting boosted up, like I know you've been firing off on uh, Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean. What do you think about – and I know you're, you're ready for this, but what do you think about that after all that hype to fight? Because my next podcast guest, uh, my last guest who I just had on who's going to be my next uh, posted guest is Cheeto Vera. And obviously, he he. I have a couple of questions about this that, that pertain to you. But what, what is your take on 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 Sean now, and, and like being so hyped, and and how he got so famous so fast without a real kind of gut check, like he just had, and you know, not to not to to bag on him or anything, but just that that was kind of a gut check, and he, he kind of failed, and he's lost well, a lot of his. Right, right. But you don't you don't have to bag on him. I am. I'm gonna bag. I'll him. let you do it. And I'll be honest. With, and I'll be honest with you, Mike. I'm, I actually like the kid. I really do, man. I, think I was wondering uh, that because you're giving him a lot of publicity. I was gonna say, do you love the guy or do you hate him? Because you got him all over your Instagram. <laughs> in some way, I'm like hating on him, but in some way, I like him. You and I'm not against like, his I'm, fighting ability I'm, for I'm sure. I'm weird like that. I'm weird like that, but I honestly, I wish, I wish the kid the best, but I also think that he thinks he's better than what he really is. You know what I'm saying? He, he has, even though he's got the gifts, like he's got, he's got great distance. He's got great, great demeanor, great fakes, man. I watch his face. I'm like very celebrated. Like I look at all these minor little details, but he's not, he hasn't been built to freaking last. Like he hasn't been through a war where somebody, you can give, you can give the pain, but can you take the pain? Right. And that's the difference between somebody like Sean O'Malley and me. Yeah. Does he have probably better striking than me? Probably because of his length and his, and and his range or whatnot. It makes him a little dangerous, but you just got to be the full package. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's ironic, ironic that you're going to have Cheeto Vera, Cheeto Vera on your thing. And uh, right before he fought Sean O'Malley, I'm like, Hey, listen, dude, I sent him a message. We're not even friends, man. But we have a lot of, we have a lot of friends and uh, a lot of friends in common. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, listen, man. The way to beat this dude, make him fight his B side, put him in the clinch, put him against the cage, and because of his stance, because he's always leading with that, with that, he's heavy with his left leg forward. I said, smoke the hands and take out the fucking kicks. Yeah. Smoke the hands and just fasten that front kick, that cap kick, because it's been taking everybody out. And it's happened to me with D- Demetrius. This is why I kind of went from the karate stance to a little more neutral because I will, it was uh, people were catching on to it a little bit too much. Yeah. So I sent a message. We just, we talked a little bit. We chatted. I'm just like, hey man, I did said it in Spanish. Like, listen, you probably don't know me. And he answered me right away. He's like, he's like, man, that's good to hear from you, champ. You know, it means a lot to me. So I don't want. I I didn't give him the game plan because I think they already had that down. But I kind of when somebody's able to tell you and convey it to you. Uh, you know, it just it just assures it to you so much better when you fight. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. which you got to have it here when you fight. Yeah, and, and like you said, I love the fact that you said about digging deep because I think like the the thing that hurts guys like Sean is when you get boosted so big and and you become such a big kind of star. Uh, like you said, you you can't help but naturally feel that you're better than you are. I mean, that's just a normal instinct. And then when you finally do have to dig deep and you know you, you have to have that gut check. 
you're not ready for it because maybe it didn't happen early enough in your career and, and you have so much on the line and it kind of comes at a, at a bigger shock maybe or, or at a bigger price. Is that Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Do you think that's the case? Do you think maybe he was, he was too big of a star before he was able to experience some of the the cost of becoming a, a fighter, like that grit, the, 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 the toughness, the, the, the grinding it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he, he's in, inex- he's inexperienced in that sense with all due respect. Like he really is inexperienced of competition. He can, he can, I can I'm going to go back to, he can give the pain, but he can't take the pain. Mm. So it has nothing with him being a star. Right. Because I also feel like his greatest attribute is him, is him being confident. He actually believes in his own smoke as you should. But it's different between when you get in there with somebody that could that could kick you with somebody with somebody that's not going to shy away from you. That's somebody that's going to that's going to put you through the through the deep waters. And how are you going to respond? Tr- a true champion is revealed by how you respond to adversity. And not so much like it's over with him. Like, he lost. He took the L. Like he freaking he folded. He, he literally folded. Man, I had the same exact shit happen to me with uh, with Demetri Johnson Can and Marlon Marias. Uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, was, I have such a good no, question no, no, go that I'm going to ask you, go ahead, and I, th- I, th- I think it. I'm going to ask you what you're going to go into, but I don't want to interrupt you. You're, no, you're the champ. No, you're ahead, the triple Mike. C. You got it, Mike. Dude, you're the triple C. I can't interrupt you, bro. I, I'm just getting excited, so go ahead. So that happened to me. That happened to me, like, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story because this is, it kind of correlates with, like, the philosophy that I'm, that I'm, that I'm about to share with you. It's like, even when I fought Demetri Johnson the first time, they said, uh, you know, I could tell my team was nervous. Like, yeah, they, you know, they, I, we believe in you, champ. I get it, but I can also tell them that somebody's nervous. Right. So I had to literally sit down with my team and talk and talk to them and be like, "Hey, guys, I've been here before. I was uh, my wrestling story, Mike, is so much prettier than my uh, my MMA story because I was ranked like 31st in the world. I didn't even score a point going into the Olymp- uh, going into the world championship in 2007." Leading up to the 2008 Olympics, like Daniel Daniel Cormier could tell you, DC would tell you about it. Mm-hmm. They didn't even score a point. Fucking losing the whole year of 2007, and uh, ended up going to the Olympics, being ranked 31st in the world. There's only 60 slots against the Olympics. I make it to the Olympics, the underdog, down every match leading up to the finals, and next you know it. Fucking 12 hours later, I'm the Olympic champ, dude. That's the crazy. dude that was ranked 31st, the last person that was losing every match. In 2007, that was behind in every match at the 2008 Olympics, and, and eventually I become an Olympic champion. So I took that experience and I sat down with my team. I says, guys, I says, I've done this shit before. I've done it in the world's hardest sport, literally like this, man. And I was, they were sitting with them. I was like, I'm just going to ask you guys one thing because I could tell everybody was nervous. I says, I need you guys to be composed, man. I need you guys to be relaxed when I fight Demetrius Johnson. Mm-hmm. Because anything can happen. I could be hurt. Like the first time that I was hurt, when he hit me through the body, I something that I do regret in that fight is like I scrammed. I should have. I, like I was like ah, yeah. ah! I was I was showing too much of the pain. So I knew the second fight, if I was gonna, the, the key to winning this next fight, I just asked the I asked the my corner myself. I says, I says the key to winning this fight is gonna be it's gonna be me being composed. It's gonna be you guys being composed. You guys not panicking if something happens in the fight. Fight starts right before we walk out. I look at my team again. I said, "Remember, the key is composure. You guys, anything can happen, dude. Anything can happen. Like the key is composure. Fucking first twenty, first thirty seconds of the fight, he hits me right the behind the knee. Demetrius Johnson, that peroneal nerve. Jesus, man, the worst panic you could ever feel. You could see, you could see my ankle, and my ankle twisted a lot harder than Sean O'Malley's, man. And you can tell, like my yep. my." My foot was 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 still falling asleep, and I couldn't really lift my foot. So what happens is, like right behind your knee, like you have the peroneal nerves, which which is a nerve. Like if you if you get it, you don't have to be hit there that hard, but when you're hit there, like it numbs your whole foot and it sleeps your foot. So the first thirty seconds I get hit, my thing is like wobbling. I freaking twisted my like I literally sprained my ankle during the fight. Yeah. By the time the fight was over, it was a it was, my foot was a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was swollen, and but I knew this is the, this is the difference between me and Sean O'Malley. Is like I knew that that round for me was over. I had to literally survive that first round in order for me to continue the fight for the next five rounds. So I held my composure, which is what I and you can tell Daniel and John Anik, uh 
prior to the knee, I said, what, what's going to be the key? It's going to be the key. And you can even watch the post fight, uh, the fight prior to me coming out. Cause I shared, you know, how they do an interview with them. I says, you know, triple C th- or Henderson, who thinks that composure and being relaxed can be the key to this fight. Mm-hmm. So the fight happens. He wins the first round, uh, obviously because of my, I, I, I believe I won the second, he won the third and I was able to push it, and, and it was razor thin, dude. I ended up winning the fourth and then the fifth. Yeah. And then Ariel Hawani had asked uh, Demetrius Johnson, he was like, he was like, last question, Demetrius Johnson, what was one thing that surprised you about Cejudo? He was like, well, he was fast. I mean, I knew he was fast, and you would be strong. You were a good, great wrestler. But one thing that did surprise me about Cejudo this time is the fact that he was so relaxed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and that should, and that that right there, Mike, that just comes from experience, man. Yep. Plain, plain experience, bro. So I'm able to convey a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that I do. So even if Sean does watch this, like he can learn from this stuff. Yeah. And I mean that because, or he can go off to that next route and be like, oh, I just want to fight strikers, and you'll be popular, but you'll never be champion. Yeah, and and it's funny you kind of answered what I was gonna say. It, I mean, it's so funny. I wanted to get into this with you, and you you led right into it. Um, so I I was ta- I was preparing for the the Cheeto Vera um, podcast, and not that he needs someone to tell him that he won that fight legitimately, and it wasn't like a a, a rolled ankle and a, an injury, and and it was some kind of fluke. But nonetheless, when I was watching the fight, I noticed that like. Like what you were saying, like he had he had many many missteps before he rolled the ankle, and so like I was looking at all these YouTube videos, what, what, you know what's available, um, and I'm trying to figure this out, and I, I came across uh, Stanley MMA put a, a video on YouTube, and it was like a great breakdown. So shout out to Stanley MMA, I don't know who it is, but he did a great breakdown about getting kicked in the the calf behind the knee. And he used you and uh-huh. multiple other fighters as an example, and it was in, in your fight against Demetrius about you got kicked in the back of the the the, the calf uh, below your knee, and you also misstepped a few times, and then the same as yeah. uh, Sean, he did the exact same thing. So my point was, I wanted to get your perspective on that uh, of how you dealt with it and overcame it, which you just answered, because you know Cheeto was he was he was causing that damage. It wasn't that he just rolled his ankle at the end and that was the end of the fight. I mean, he was hitting him there, and and he was misstepping, and he was doing like what you just literally explained. That it, it was, I don't know what it is, but something caused some kind of nerve damage when you get kicked in that spot behind the yeah. the, the, the calf, and it causes your your instability in your ankle. And then when you continue to get kicked yeah. there, that's that's what led to that that ankle roll. Yeah, and that 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 little technique right there, Mike is going to change the fucking sport, man. That little kick right there. It's going to change the position of how people do things. I guarantee you, Sean's probably going to switch it up yeah. with the stats, which is going to take a little bit of a striking because he's used to being long and having and feeling good with the hands and being rangy. Mm-hmm. Being, but now it's going to it's it's it, and even when people really understand the sport of mixed martial arts, it is constantly evolving. And and you know we're constantly chipping away at certain things that we're going to probably use and take out yeah. as fighters, as competitors. So. Like I said, man, I, I'm going to go back to the lack of inexperience that he has and the lack of an experience of actually making those adjustments because I I knew that I had to make those adjustments. I knew that I had to go southpaw. I was too hurt, man. And I don't I don't train southpaw at all, at all, <laughs> at all. You will not see You got to do what you got to do, though. That's a champ. But, yeah, but because of wrestling and, you know, southpaw, I was, I was right-legged. I was able to like, kind of look comfortable, and I could take you down from there. But I don't strike from those positions. Right. But it goes back to demeanor. It goes back to the composure piece, and that's something that uh, that's something that athletes, you know, need. Like you, you have to, you, you have to hold a poker face, man. He didn't show it, man. Once he got kicked in there again, yeah. like he just, he just rolled, exactly man. And then he right. couldn't take those elbows, and that was it, man. All right, guys, sponsorship time, and the sponsor of this podcast which ironically is a sponsor of every podcast, is AKA Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. Check out akthailand.com for more information or email us at info at akthailand.com. I don't want to drag this on too much. We have a great guest today. Um, I will say we do have the 30% special as of the taping of this podcast, so you can save 30% off group training if you pre-book your training. Uh, It never expires. You can use it anytime in the future. 
Um, so if you have any questions, info at aktown.com. We can also give you a visa for six months or 12 months because we're an official school in Thailand. So we can give you an education visa. So if you just want to get away and live life a little bit, enjoy yourself and, and, and make some memories, I can hook you up. Six months, 12 months, whatever you want. Info at aktown.com. Let us know what you want. We'll hook you up. We can do anything, literally anything. Um, and if you're not familiar with AK Thailand and you haven't seen the podcast before, you haven't seen this commercial a hundred times, here you go. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. you guys i know everybody wants to go to thailand because thailand's so cool but you can't come to thailand without coming to aka thailand come on you and mike tyson what's the deal with you and mike tyson i i, I know you're on hot boxing is that when you met mike tyson and then formed kind of a relationship and then now i see you training with him at the tyson ranch and explain that that relationship you have yeah, no, I have I have a really good relationship with Mike. Like he's uh, Mike's Mike's become like a really close friend of mine. Like he's, he's one of my uh, heroes. You know, what I mean, I don't I don't treat I respect Mike, but I don't treat Mike like anything different. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I kind of I, res- I respect the crap out of him, but yeah, of course. you know, we're friends, man. Like we, we literally we've 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 uh, you know we've uh, accumulated a really good uh, a really good friendship, man. I'm actually going to be co-hosting now. So you're talking about some of the projects that I have right now. So. I, Potentially have the fight with Ryan Garcia sometime next year, maybe in Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, a potential AEW, maybe WWE, um, you know, um, uh, exhibition potentially with you know Kurt Angle. You know, a lot of things to flourish. But but I'm also going to be co-hosting. Uh, I'm going to be co-hosting uh, the Mike uh, the Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Oh, nice. So I'm gonna be the actual the actual co-host for this season. So oh, cool. they like me, man. They want to bring me back on uh, back on, and uh, you know a lot of good things, man. And actually, this Sunday I'm actually gonna be speaking. Uh, I'm gonna be speaking on uh, with the with the president on behalf of his campaign in Las Vegas. So they they called me. They, they want me to speak on his behalf and uh, be part of the campaign, man. For so, Trump. For Trump. Okay. I was going to actually ask you. I never ask political questions, and I was that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Unless you go with Biden because he's hiding. <laughs> the funny thing was I never asked political questions, but for some odd reason, I wanted to ask you who you were, go- who, who you were for for this election. Um, I, I respect my president, man. I love my president. I believe, you know, I believe Trump does say some, some pretty extraordinary things, but at the end of the day, it's all based on numbers. It's all based on our economy and how our economy was doing. Let's cut, let's cut all the bullshit out. Yeah. Our economy was flourishing like it's like we've never seen before. Our people were happy. Everything was going on, and then and then COVID hit. Yeah, a world pandemic, dude. Everybody's been hit by COVID. That has nothing to do with the president. You know what I'm saying? I grew up conservative, even even though I I do some pretty crazy things. I'm I'm a pretty uh, I'm a conservative guy in a certain sense. But at the end of the day, politics they don't change the human heart. But but it's almost like the. It's almost like you got, you have to go through a certain political group or or support a certain political group because it's it, it's it, it gives the right the right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It gives Absolutely. the right the right. Not saying that you know what I mean. Like somebody's have to be right. Somebody you know what I mean. But that's that's the beauty of our countrymen and how politics work. It's it's we're constantly challenging yourself. So the challenge of what politics even brings to our country, I think it's good. Yeah, but I believe I believe both the Dem- the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. I do believe they both have great sides, man. You know, like I like I smoke pot. You know, probably a lot of Republicans probably wouldn't like that. Yeah, I saw you on the hot box, man. You, sm- you Democratic- seem like you're smoking a little too much at, at some time, <laughs> at some point there and there. <laughs> so you funny. know, but it's it's medicine, bro. It's a lot better. It's a lot better than drinking. Yeah, it's a lot course. better than what the, everything's the, the, better than the drinking. Cigarettes that people are putting. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's a. Uh, so that's it, Mike. I have a, I have a different worldview. At the end of the day, man, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one of these hardcore, diehard, you know, people that are over here. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I'm just looking to. Uh, I'm just looking to somehow make a change, man. Through my. Through my. Through my. Uh, through my theory. Through my philosophy. That's cool, man. Yeah, this podcast went a lot different than I expected, and uh, I want to get a couple breakdowns from you uh, with your expertise, real quick, before I let you go. Uh, first and foremost is Habib versus Gaethje. What is your take on that fight? Oh my God, I think those are they're, they're both friends of mine. You know what I mean? And I and I respect and I respect both of them. So they're, so they're about to be a little uh, slow. <laughs> we gotta make He's sure we see them all. I want to see that they're, Tyson too before I leave. Pillow. Yeah, they're pillows, by the way. But uh, he uh, could be Gaethje. I think this is gonna be. I think I think this is this is truly the, the number one and number two best guy in the world. You know what I'm saying? Even though Poirier did beat Gaethje, even though Alvarez did be, did beat Gaethje, I believe Gaethje has a style to beat Khabib. But I also believe that Khabib has a style to beat Gaethje. So it's all gonna depend who's gonna who's, who's gonna who's gonna make the other guy fight their B side. If Gaethje doesn't make Khabib fight his B side, he's in trouble and vice versa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I feel like uh, Gaethje, those calf kicks that he's doing, it takes a couple of those. It'll take your wrestling away. It'll take your it'll take your hands away. And, I, and he said it right away. He says, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to kick that front leg. That There's nothing that Gaethje, that he doesn't say that he's not going to do. Yeah, and he does Khabib, Khabib's a, he's a warrior, man. Khabib is 28-0. Uh, I mean, the dude... The dude's not the best striker. Uh, maybe even a little, just kind of. He's just a rugged that'll grind you the hell out. Super strong and man. His strength is position, so crazy. And more importantly, understands competition. He's a greater competitor than he is fighter. It, 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 he's just like me. <laughs> I'm a greater competitor than I am fighter. Yeah. And that's that's the shit that makes people dangerous. So, I don't want to answer that, but I'm gonna give my two cents on that. If that makes any sense? What I just said. Let me ask you this then, in a, in a, in a, in a political way. If, if Habib does beat Gaethje, do you think he has a, a possibility of being one of the only MMA fighters to ever retire undefeated? I mean, do you think anyone else can beat him? If Gaethje can't beat him, and, and I'm not saying that they can or can't, if he can't beat him in this fight, is there is there any other person, including if somehow they make this match with GSP, is there any other fighter that can beat him? No. Um, at 55, I've always thought the only guy that could really give a run for his money would probably be... Just a guy that has better grappling. I would say Gillespie, someone that could ride, even though he's been knocked out. But uh, somebody that could just take you down, a great wrestler, and that can control, that understands college style, riding positions, spirals, things like that. Exactly what he's doing to people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. At fifty-five, I've always thought. Uh, Cause I'm with you, man. I'm I'm with you on your boy. Like I, I I seriously, honestly, I've all. I mean, Habib's my teammate, and and of course, I'm always going for Habib. But uh, I've always said that Gaethje is the toughest fight for him because of his style. So like, this is a scary. This is the scariest fight for me to watch for Habib for sure. Like it, it, it is the scariest fight because. Gaethje has that ability to to land those crazy strikes and and end a fight and and that's always dangerous for a guy who depends on his grappling and wrestling and strength and all those things that strikes don't really matter. I mean, I mean they matter, but you know, in back, the, the opposite that didn't make any well, sense. Well, well, this is a, this is the thing too, <laughs> Mike. Is sorry, I got you, I got you. This is the thing, <laughs> Mike, too, that we have to understand. It's like Gaethje has wrestled since he was four years old. Yeah, he was an All American in college. He wrestled with me here in the Arizona circuit back when we were kids. Like, the dude understands grind. Yeah, no, he does. Now, if, if I was to give Gaethje some advice, I'd be like, hey, man, Gaethje, be a little more tactical, man. Understand, understand your threshold a little more for a five-round fight. You know what I'm saying? Which is amazing, man. I tell you what, man. <sighs> Gaethje probably pound for pound probably – when I saw him in person, if I saw him fight Palomino in person, I remember saying this. You know what I mean? Gaethje, pound for pound, probably has the fucking biggest balls I've ever seen in a human being. Yeah. He's crazy, dude. Jesus, man. man. <laughs> what I saw that dude go through that fight, I'm like, what the hell? You know what I mean? I don't say that too often, bro. Like, Juan Manuel Marquez, like these boxers, I'm just like, dude, that dude has balls of steels. Like, you know, I'm comparing this dude uh, you know, all these Mexican legendary boxers, you know what I mean, that have gone through the grind, that will fight you, like, till death. 
I put Gaethje up there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's one of his strengths, man. And, I, and I'm excited, man. I, I hope the fight happens, bro. I really do, man, because you never know, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but I hope it happens. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, man. I know your position. What about Stylebender and Costa? I actually went out to uh, to help out uh, to help out Costa in uh, in Brazil. Went out there for about a week, just 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 to like talk about structure, game planning. Uh, you know, n- not not out there so much to like be a to be a coach or anything, but just out there letting him like edifying him whether he's doing shit right or wrong, like implementing like the mental side of the game, like when to fight and when to compete and things of that matter. So he's uh. He's fun, man. He is. He's ready, Mike. He's he looks ready, like a man. Beast. He's ready. He's ready to be a world champion, man. Jesus I have Christ. never seen just like just like just how I can talk highly about Gaethje and even Khabib. I have never seen somebody train so hard like Paulo Paulo Costa, the eraser. Yeah. I promise you, man. I have never seen somebody be so disciplined and train so hard, dude, to the point where like, hey, man, you're gonna hurt yourself, dude. Paulo Costa is ready, man. You guys tune in. I do believe he's gonna. I do believe he's gonna beat this man. I really do. I think his. I think he's got the right training partners. He, he got guys that are lanky like like Israel. He got. He has guys that are mimicking like him, and uh, I think he's structured a great camp. And I think, I think he's gonna close him out pretty early, man. I think within the. I think within the first or second round, I think Paulo's gonna hurt him and knock him out. Yeah, no, I'm, I agree with you. I think Costa's gonna take this fight as well. I think he's just a beast, man. Yeah, uh, uh, he he really is a specimen, bro. And on uh, October, uh, in, in a couple of weeks, right? It's coming up soon. Yeah, it, it, uh, I don't know exactly the date, but it is coming up soon. Yeah, and luckily for us, his <laughs> yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be proud, man. I'm excited for him, man. Like he's he's uh, he's such a genuine soul, bro. Those who those who truly know Paulo Paulo Costa, he's a really genuine soul, man. Like he's he's a he's a good man. I hope he I hope he takes it. And last one, since you guys are politically in line, I, I've never I, – I I'm asking you this because I don't know because I've never seen you guys interact. But what is your take on Kobe Covington? I like him. I like Kobe. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. So I had to ask you. I, I didn't like know what Kobe. your take on him was. I don't know Kobe. I, I spoke to him one time, and we were kind of – you know, we are kind of talking about some of the stunts we've been pulling. Yeah. And uh, He's got a big fight with Tyron, man. My boy Tyron's going to fight him coming up and really soon, actually, a couple weeks. I think I think I think he's gonna beat Tyron. I think, think I think so? Tyron. I think Tyron's. Uh, I think this is, what happens when a fighter loses. He goes through a domino effect. He goes through a domino effect of uh, of you lose and you keep losing. Like you have to fix exactly what's going on up here. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to fix. There's something that's not allowing you to become the best again. You got to pinpoint that. You know what I'm saying? It's not. And I don't think it's going to be a family. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be something within you. So if Tyron can kind of figure that out, then he'd be a tough match for anybody, even for Kamara Usman once again. But there's something ever since he's lost that it just – you see it. You, I've seen it with guys like Roy Jones. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, I almost feel like he's kind of like in, the, in those same trenches in that, in that same water. So if he's able to fix the mental side, I, I think he could win this fight. But I just don't I just don't see him. I think Kobe Covington has a style. He, he has the fight. He has the grit. And I think he's going to grind out, uh, you know, Tyron Woodley for for five rounds, if if not even stop him because he's. I think he's he's got more grind than Gilbert Burns. He has he has a little bit more grind than 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 uh, than Kumara Usman. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Covington, man. You don't think it'll play a, like a role that that he was kind of had that you know Tyron's always been his big brother in the gym and took care of him and and kind of was always better in the gym kind of thing. Do you think that mentality is going to take effect? Or do you think that that's not going to be an issue? I think that's where Tyron's going to pull deep and, and be able to come out stronger than he did with Usman and come out stronger than he did with Burns. Um, and I don't know how, how Kobe's going to act because, you know, being the kind of the little brother in that scenario and how he's grown since then, you know, I don't know how that's going to be either. Well, I remember, too, my people get better, man. There's guys that used yeah, to beat me, too, true. or that used to compete against me during the gym. You see them now, and I'm like... You know what I mean? Like it's different, you know. It's just different. But with time, people get better. And yeah, and even if that is true, as a competitor, as I know as Cody is, that's he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. So he knows he knows Tyron's strength. So for that reason, he may disrespect him on camera, but in the octagon, he's gonna respect him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's ready, man. He's a gamer, bro. I respect Kobe Covington, 
because he's he's a good he's a good dude man from what I heard from people, but he's he's playing the hill and and we're we're all buying into it. I love it. I like it. I mean, you think some of the cringe shit that I think people are with me? It's like no, but the difference between me and Kobe is I back it up. Yeah, I yeah. back it up, man. I got my two belts. I defended both of them. I got the right man. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct, and I'm def I'm pulling for my boy, man. I hope Tyron pulls it off, but but we'll definitely see. Um, and and listen, man, I, I know time is is so valuable, and I and I and I greatly appreciate you taking the time out. I know you got a busy day today, and and for you to sit down and give me so much time and and talk to me, and this has been a, a lot a lot more interesting than I thought, man. And it's been a great conversation. I've, I've never had a conversation with you before, and, and so this has been this has been a great experience for me. It's, a, it's different. It's different, Mike. When people actually, uh, you know, actually get to know me and understand, like, you know, there's it, it, I'm, I'm an entertainer, bro. Like I'm a, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I love I love the other aspects of it, too. man. I love I love the I love the psychology side of fighting. man. I love how I, I'm able to connect like the fighting and obviously just with life, too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not I'm not a heartful human, man. Like I'm I may talk shit and I may say a lot of things, but it's at the end of the day, man, it's, it's all about it's all about getting people involved, whether you hate me or you love me. I think it showed in this podcast, and I think uh, I, I think it came out really good, man. And 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 I'm honored to have sat down and talked to you. And uh, I, I think that you're one of the best to do it, in, in many facets, <laughs> from the Olympics to MMA and, and and everything in between. And it's been an honor to do a podcast with you. And if you're ever in Thailand, I happen to know a guy who has the greatest. Uh, sports combat training facility in Thailand, and it's on an island. And you are VIP, my friend. All you got to do is let me know when you want to come to Thailand, take your family, take your friends, come on for a vacation, and I will show you the islands. We'll cruise on, on the boats. We'll have a great time. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I got, at first, I thought you were going to say the best pot Thai. I was like, I'm going. Well, we have, we have that too. We, we have a restaurant on site. Dude, we have like a village. We have multiple buildings. We have a restaurant. We have everything. So it's like, it's like a small city. It's two acres, a, a complex. It's the largest in the world yeah. for sports combat. So uh, we got a restaurant. We, got all, we have like 150 dishes. So I mean, trust me, man. I, I got you. Just let me know when you want to go to Thailand. And from the second you land, it's going to be VIP, brother, all the way uh to the nice uh, resorts to the to the gym if you want to do some training to the islands if you want to see the who, islands who you, yeah are you in phuket are i'm in phuket? phuket yes sir okay yeah, yeah i've been out there before it's beautiful down there amazing yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna take you up on that mike if i'm ever down there bro i'm i'm retired now but if i'm ever down there bro <laughs> we can uh we can definitely link up and uh i'm gonna take you up on that pot tie too you got you got i'll <laughs> give it to all to you brother no problem no problem thank you so much for taking the time hey let me see the mike tyson uh pillow man you got to see this thing that was awesome. That's, yes, that's I got so cool. Mike, man. <laughs> I love this pillow. That is the best. I love this pillow, Mike. So it's uh, it's with my pillows, bro. And I got Aldo. I got, you got Aldo? Aldo right here. <laughs> yeah, I got Aldo. That is I incredible. Got, uh, I got I got Ipo Shaw. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got I got. I'm gonna say this too. But oh. I got the greatest of all time right here. Oh my the God! The greatest uh, mixed artist, Demetrius Johnson. Even though I say a lot of shit, I still think he's uh, he knows the game probably more than anybody. That's very humbling of you. Then obviously I got the triple C in the back. Oh, let me see that one. Let me see that. Oh, don't be shy with yourself. Come on, get up here with all them belts. Damn, dude. Yeah, so I got the two belts, the gold medal. You know, uh, man, I love your energy. I, I love your energy. I got man. Dana somewhere. Over. You got Dana too. Oh, you, I got uh, Dana. All right, man. I love your, I love your energy, man. I love your energy. I love the fact you're living your life. You're young, man. You're 33 years old. You've done so much. You have so much opportunity ahead of you. I love it, man. And please come back on my show. I would love to talk to you again, especially when you get uh, something booked and, and we can have a, a conversation about it and, uh, and catch up, man. Yeah, for sure. Mike, I appreciate it, man. You uh, best of luck with your podcast, uh, you know, and uh, I'm curious, I'm curious, I'm curious to start keeping up with, uh, with your podcast, man. This is Thank like you, you're, sir. you're a great interviewer and uh, wishing nothing but the best, bro. And uh, keep pumping it out, man. Thank you for what you've done in MMA, man. You're a big part of, uh, of the success that the UFC has had, man, with, the, with the, since 2004 to what it is now. Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate you know, that. Actually your season, your season, your season is the one that changed the sport, bro. So what, it wasn't just uh, Forrest Griffin and uh, Stefan Bonner. All you guys, all you crazy ass dudes in that house. Thank you, brother. I greatly appreciate that. And I have a feeling the next season of Hot Boxing is going to be one of my favorite seasons. So 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be staying uh, tuned into that. Yeah, for sure, Mike. Best of luck, brother. All right, take care, brother. All right, there you go, Henry Cejudo. Wow, um, what a great podcast. I if if you've seen him in this form, I haven't, and I'm honored to have been in this conversation. I've never had a conversation with Henry. And this has been a great one. Um, I think he was very transparent, very open, very honest. And it was really, really cool for me to see um, Henry like I've never seen him and, and to actually be the one in the conversation. So <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually a fan of this, this, uh, this, this, this podcast from the outside, I guess you could say. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, if you did, please leave us a comment on YouTube. Please subscribe. Um, the audio platform, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. You can review us there. You can subscribe as well. Um, guys, we're growing so fast. I appreciate the comments so much. Um, the feedback has been great. Um, I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it. You know, I'm a businessman and, and I have a business. This isn't my bus- my, my, my main job. Um, it's something I'm passionate about. And, and I think that shows. And so it obviously means a lot to hear from you guys that y'all are enjoying it as well because I actually genuinely care about it. It's not, it's not about money. It's not about anything else. So I am very thankful for all of you that are supporting the po- podcast. And considering how fast we're growing, you're obviously doing more than supporting it. You're talking about it and you're telling people about it and you're helping boost us. And thank you for that. I, I, I greatly appreciate it because the more people that we can share these stories with, um, you know, these aren't my stories, so I'm not sitting here gloating. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to bring on interesting guests and I think these guests and what they say, especially, especially guys like Henry today, you know, these stories and the things they're saying are going to change people. They're going to change their perspectives. They're going to change their lives. They're going to change the way they think, um, the way they train. And that's an amazing thing. It really is an amazing thing, and I'm glad that I can be a part of that. So I'm glad that you're being a part of promoting us and and allowing us um, to grow as a platform so that we can touch and reach more people, and that means a lot to me. Um, Speaking of which, I want to give a big shout-out to MMA World on YouTube. Um, This is not a paid endorsement, a paid sponsorship. You know the only sponsor, the Real Quick Mike Swick podcast uh, sponsors, is uh, AKA Thailand. But uh, I want to give a shout out to MMA World on YouTube because they always put our videos on there. They're always so um, supportive of our podcast, and I greatly appreciate that. So I want to shout them back out and, and say that if you're not watching them on YouTube, please do so. You will find out everything there is to know about the sport of MMA and their multiple uploads a day or I don't even know how many they do. They probably do at least two a day, if not one, every single day. Um, And you will find out everything you need to know about the MMA world. And you'll probably see some clips of this um, on there as well. So big shout-out to MMA world. Bigger shout-out to you guys, the fans who are supporting us and and boosting us and helping us grow so that other people can be inspired by my guest and, and be touched by my guest and improve their lives and, and, and become better people. So thank you. And, uh, I'll see you next time.